Once I started walking in that gift, and I'm like, oh, I was prepared for this. All these events in my life, all these things that happened prepared me for this. Why? Because we are all his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God prepared where? Beforehand that you'd walk in. God has already placed the gifts within you, and so much of life is uncovering, Lord, what are these gifts you've placed in me, and how do you want them to function? That's true for all of us. Some people are convinced they have nothing to offer to God or to the church. Maybe you're one of those people. It's sometimes hard to imagine that the things you're passionate about could have value to those around you. In his teaching today, Pastor Daniel is going to show how who you are was planned by God. You'll learn that he knew who you were going to be. And since he made you like you are, he has a place for you in his kingdom. Now here's Pastor Daniel in Ephesians chapter 2 as he begins his message, Our Unique Expression. So I think I can safely say that for all of us, we love receiving gifts, don't we? There's something about getting gifts. Now, for me, I remember when I was a kid, when we'd have Christmas, my parents had to institute a rule that you could only open up one present at a time and you had to watch everybody else do it. Because we had that time when, like, so I have an, a two-year-old older sister and I have a twin sister. So there was a time when we were probably like five, six, seven years old, where it was like Christmas and then all of a sudden it was just like, like a flurry of wrapping paper, and then it was over in like 13 seconds. So then it became a thing, right? Now, what's funny though is, you all know it's like if you've ever raised kids, you've been around kids on Christmas, like they get super excited about what they did, and if they open up their presents too quickly, they don't enjoy any of it, right? Like, because you're just taking it for granted. And oftentimes with the gifts that we've received, we take them for granted so often. I learned this just recently because, you know, as I'm... Uh, getting older, I'm starting to, I can see 50 on the horizon. It's looking good. I'm excited. But sure enough, about five months ago, I woke up in the morning and I'd gone to my eye doctor. I've always had pretty good vision, but my eye doctor about a year ago was like, you know, Daniel, you're at that age where all of a sudden one day you're going to realize that you need reading glasses. And I was like, oh, stop. He said, listen, it's just, it's in the cards for you, bro. You're getting older. It's good. And sure enough, about five months ago, I woke up in the morning, and I have glasses, but they're not too bad. And I went down, and I went to read my Bible, and I couldn't read my Bible. I'm like, I'm just listening like this, this. And then sure enough, I'm like, I take my glasses off, and I'm like, oh, I can read perfectly now. But I can't see anything like at a distance, you know? And I'm like, oh, this is how this works. And if you were here at the 11 o'clock, I was trying to read my Bible, and I couldn't read anything. So it's beautiful. Like, so now I got these trusty readers up here. I'm going to look more intellectual. I'll finally look like a pastor. I'm going to put my glasses on and I'll be like, hey, this is what the Bible says. <laughs> you guys think that's funny, don't you? You're like, Bruce, go looking like a pastor. That'd be really funny. <laughs> but here's the deal I always took my eyesight for granted until you realize that you don't really have it anymore. And it reminds me of a great 80s power ballad. You don't know what you got what. 
till it's gone. How many of you love that song with Aquanet in your hair? It's a long, long road. That's Cinderella. I mean, anytime you can have a band named Cinderella, you know it's a special season in history. But I bring this up because sight is a gift. And oftentimes we take gifts for granted. And as a follower of Jesus, there might not be a more taken for granted gift than the person and work of the Holy Spirit. Before you put your faith and trust in Jesus, the Spirit of God was working on you on the outside, trying to draw you, working to draw you to Jesus. And on the day you put your faith and trust in Jesus, if you've taken that step, the Spirit of God has taken up residence within your life, made a home within your heart. Now, if you're here today, right, and you're not yet a follower of Jesus, and I realize there are many of you who are in that place, what you need to realize is that the Spirit of God, the reason you're even here today is not just because my parents will take me to brunch after church, so I'm going to deal with church to get some grub or whatever. You know, the reason you're here is because the Spirit of God is drawing you. The Spirit of God is saying to you, listen, there's more to life than what you're experiencing. I can even say there's better for you than what you know right now. But then what you receive Jesus and receive the grace of God. Then the spirit of God takes up residence on the inside. And then really the work of God's spirit is an inside out work. God does the work on the inside and then it changes the way we live outwardly. For too often, people make the mistake that we think, oh, following Jesus is like a list of rules and regulations. Do this, don't do this, you know? And really, it's completely upside down because really what goes on is that when a person puts their faith and trust in Jesus and the spirit of the living God lives within them, then the spirit of God's desire for us is to be the kind of people who do and don't do certain things. Like, I used to get all aggravated and yell at everybody, but the spirit of God, because the fruit of the spirit is love and joy and peace and patience, then the spirit of God makes me to be the kind of person who doesn't want to yell at people anymore. And we can insert anything into that, whatever those characteristics of our lives. But rather than focusing on the how we express it outwardly, we need to remember that if you're a follower of Jesus, the spirit of God dwells within you. And the spirit of God always works in our lives primarily through two ways, fruit and gifts. Everyone say fruit and gifts. Of course, we know the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, and patience. You get that from Galatians 5, 22 and 23. And almost all believers are like, yeah, we love the fruit of the Spirit. But then when you start talking about the gifts of the Spirit, then all of a sudden, everyone brings out the UFC octagon. I was going to say they bring out the boxing gloves, but when it comes to talking about the gifts of the Spirit, Christian people believe in love until you start talking about the gifts of the Holy Spirit, and then everyone gets crazy. But we don't get crazy here at Crossroads. Because we're not those type, but I've never seen more anger and divisiveness, and people are really hunkered down. It's like partisan American politics and talking about the gifts of the Spirit in church. Those are like the, it's like the two octagons that like you go there and people go nuts. But what I love is that Crossroads as a church almost 50 years ago was founded because the Spirit of God was moving. Our founding pastor, Bill Ritchie, was a pastor of a mainline denominational church. And he was so funny when me and Bill talked about this. When I first met him, he said, man, it was crazy. I was in a, and nothing against the mainline churches. He's like, but at that time in the mid seventies, he's like, you know, people were getting saved and they're getting baptized in the Holy Spirit. It was never going to work in a mainline church. That just didn't happen. 
And so he knew that like God was doing something else. So he, he stepped away from that church and he started Crossroads. And then God started moving in power by his spirit. And over the last number of years, we have seen God by his spirit with the gifts move in really unique ways. I was telling someone that in the last 12 months at Crossroads, I've received more prophetic words than I had in the 10 years before that. You can clap for that. That's great. I love when God speaks. And so many of you have been talking to me about this. Hey, like I was in my small group and this happened. And hey, this happened. And hey, I got this dream. And does this mean this? And so what I love is God is moving. And some folks on our staff and our leadership team was like, hey, Daniel, can you do like a series on the gifts? Because it's happening. But we just want to make sure that we understand like, hey, where we are and how we see this. And so I was like, yeah, sounds perfect. So we're, we're going to do that today. Now, what I want to tell you today, and the hardest thing for me right now is not to try and tell you everything that I want to tell you over the next like four weeks in today's message. It's always my struggle as a teacher. Like, there's so much I want to tell you. But today I wanted to do like almost like a foundational message for everything else that we're going to explore together. And so in order to do that, I want you to open up your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 to 10. These verses are classic for a reason. But I also think it's the greatest foundation for us for what God is doing, what we see him doing, and what we think he wants to do in our midst as it relates to the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And it says this, Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 to 10. I know some of you right now are like, how's Fus going to read this without his readers on? I, I, I'm working a hack right now that my eye doctor, I have one contact in and one contact out. So if I fall off the pulpit, you'll know what happened. <laughs> They actually put like, they put like a landing strip for me here. I kid you not. Like, you see it right there? Because they knew like one of these days I'm going over, I'm going to stage dive off of here. <laughs> that will be the day. So it says this, for by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Not of works, lest anyone should boast, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus, Four good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Now, what we learn from the get right here is that we are saved unto good works. Paul makes it very, very clear. By grace, we've been saved, and it happens through the vehicle of faith or trust in Jesus. And it's not us. It's God's gift for us. And it's not of works, lest anyone should boast, but we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works. Now, this is important because right here, Paul lays out the whole of the gospel that we're saved by grace. Now, grace is this beautiful biblical word. When we think of grace in our culture, we think of someone who is graceful, like you see a ballerina or a ballet dancer or somebody who carries themselves with grace. And you're like, oh, that's what grace in the Bible is God's favor when you don't necessarily deserve it. So it's not like a year-end performance bonus from your job. It's actually if you were like the worst employee and they gave you a performance bonus. It's undeserved favor, and it's by grace that we've been saved, and it happens through faith. When we believe in Jesus, grace is applied to our lives, and we're saved. And then Paul makes the point that it's not of ourselves, and it's not of works, lest we should boast. And he says, this is the gift of God. So the ultimate gift of the Holy Spirit is salvation. 
It's the big gift. And with that gift comes everything else. But it's important to say that because when you start talking about the actual gifts of the spirit, what happens is people start to have weird ideas like when you're really a super mature Christian, then you walk in the gifts. Or some people are like, because I walk in the gifts, I am more spiritual than you. And listen, it's not of works. It's of grace. And anytime we start boasting in what God is doing as if we can take credit for ourselves, we know that we are living antithetical to life in the spirit. But we are saved unto good works because he says we're not saved by works, but we're saved unto them. Notice, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works. Listen to how Paul tells Titus in Titus chapter 3, verse 14. And let our people learn to maintain good works to meet urgent needs that they may not be unfruitful. Now, I think right here, any discussion about the gifts of the Spirit has to function in a place of grace. Grace is the door that opens us up into the work and the gifts of the Spirit. But for you and I, we have to make sure that we should never think that if I don't walk in the gift, then obviously there's something wrong with me. Because as we're going to explore in this series, when most people think of the gifts of the Spirit, they're only speak thinking primarily of tongues and prophecies and maybe healing to a lesser extent. But you realize that anytime you have mercy on someone, that's a gift of the Spirit. Anytime you help somebody, that's a gift of the Spirit. Anytime the gift of administration, nobody ever thought that arranging your spice rack is a spiritual gift, but it is, my people. I'm telling you. But we have a tendency to homogenize the gifts to a few specific gifts that happen more in the context of of the entirety of the church, and then people go really, really get worked up about it. But what I want to tell you is that any biblical functioning of the gifts of the Spirit is in the context of the grace of God. And anything apart from the grace of God is not the gifts of the Spirit. But we're not saved by works. We're saved unto good works, which God has for us. And so for each one of our lives, uh, James, in his letter, says it quite simply that faith without works is dead, which means that our faith, what we believe, ends up playing itself out in concrete ways that we live our lives. And as I said earlier, Grace makes us the kind of people who want to live that way. Now, what I want to tell you is this, that as it relates to the gifts of the Holy Spirit and crossroads as a church family specifically, what we learn in these verses also is that our expression of the gifts must be unique. Because we see here in verse 10, for we are Christ's workmanship. And that word workmanship It's the Greek word poema, which we get our English word poem from. Some people would say we are like God's uh, in-process work of art that's been created in Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we would walk in. Now, what this means is that as it relates to how the gifts want to function in every context, God wants to do different things in different contexts. And I think the biggest mistake that happens and why there's so much animosity towards the gifts is people experience the gifts in one house of worship and then they try and superimpose it on another house. And my friends, that is not walking in the spirit. That is trying to put on someone else's wardrobe. Do you remember that great story? Remember when David came? He wasn't there to fight 
in the war, but he was there to bring provisions for his older brothers. And he heard Goliath taunting the God of Israel and the children of Israel. And then David's like, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? What a crazy thing to say. Talk about fighting words. Who is this guy talking smack against the God of Israel? I'll go on out there and take him. And his brother's like, David, go away. What is wrong with you? And David's like, no, no, I'm going to go do this. And then they brought David to King Saul because nobody wanted to fight Goliath. It was like getting into the ring with Mike Tyson circa like 1985. Like nobody wanted to be in there. The guys who were in there got paid a lot of money to run around for 13 seconds and fall down. Right? So nobody wanted to be in there. But sure enough, Saul's like, well, you better, if you're going to go out there, you better put my armor on. And so tall, Saul was a tall guy at the point. David was young. And David was, went out, they put Saul's armor on. He's like, I can't wear this because it's someone else's armor. And the beauty of what God wants to do in every house is because God is sovereign, he wants to do different things. But what happens is we live in a day and age, especially, and I'm not against this, we're going to talk about this in in a second, but so often we want to be where the action is at. So we go to somewhere that something's happening and they're like, oh, this is what's happening. And then we try and bring it everywhere else. And that's not, I believe, what God wants to do at all. Because what God wants to do in each house is unique. And because each Church family is inhabited by all different people. The way God works in different places are different. And so we need to allow the expression of the gifts here at Crossroads that is unique to who God called and created us to be. Because each one of us is God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God prepared beforehand that you would walk in. Do you ever end up walking in a gifting or you end up walking in a calling and you're like, I was made to do this, but you didn't know it before? I remember this happened for me with preaching because if in high school there was superlatives for the most likely never to be a Christian pastor, I would have won that (laughs) by a landslide. It wouldn't have been like a couple, it's like, I would have won that. But I remember like when people started saying, Daniel, you're going to make a great pastor. And I'm like, well, like, I'm a professional musician. I'm like, man, I got a plan for my life. It has nothing to do with being a pastor. Literally, that's what happened. And I'll never forget the first time a buddy, Pastor Luke Frechette, who was here a couple weeks ago, you know, Luke with the long beard from the southern, the Oregon coast. I love him so much. He was going on a mission trip and he was getting engaged. And so he's like, hey, will you teach my Bible study? And I'm like, okay, I'll teach your Bible study for you. And sure enough, I went and I'll never forget it because the pastor's wife and the pastor's daughter was in the back row of this Bible study. And I thought to myself, oh, man, they're going to throw me out of this church so fast. The pastor's wife's here. Like, I'm in the principal's office already. But after the Bible study was over, I'll never forget it. She came up to me and she said, Daniel, you're going to make a phenomenal pastor. I'm like, oh, stop. Stop. I'm like, you don't have to say that. They're like, no, no, you're really gifted for this. But what I realized once I started walking in that gift, and I'm like, oh, I was prepared for this. All these events in my life, all these things that happened prepared me for this. Why? Because... We are all his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God prepared where? Beforehand that you'd walk in. God has already placed the gifts within you, and so much of life is uncovering, Lord, what are these gifts you've placed in me, and how do you want them to function? That's true for all of us. Unique, you're all uniquely gifted, prepared beforehand by God for specific things that you can do because he prepared you beforehand, before the foundations of the earth. And so we have to make sure that we allow our expression of the gifts to be unique. And what that means is you have to be okay being unique and not being like someone else. 
So often as it relates to the gifts, somebody will function in a gift and you're like, well, why do they have that and not me? And my friends, that is missing the point. Because it's not about us. It's about what God wants to do. Listen to how Paul talks to the church in Corinthians, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 12 and 13. He says this, for we dare not class ourselves or compare ourselves with those who commend themselves. But they, measuring themselves by themselves and comparing themselves among themselves, are not wise. We, however, will not boast beyond measure, but within the limits of the sphere which God appointed us, a sphere which especially includes you. I love this. A lack of wisdom is when we measure ourselves by others or we compare ourselves by others. Now, I know this sounds scary because we live in a world where everybody is kind of sizing one another up. Like football training camp just began and, you know, it's like everyone's like, this guy's this tall and this fast. He does this and this and everything's a measurement. But really what God is inviting each one of us is to trust that because Jesus saved us by grace, he has a plan and a purpose for us in that grace And it doesn't matter how I stack up against anybody else. What matters is that I walk out who God made me to be, that I fulfill the purposes that God has prepared me for. And what God is doing in someone else's life, we can celebrate it, but we don't have to try and mimic it. For me, this is the most important thing because what goes on is that people have a tendency to want to gift project other church families or other things onto each other. And I'm here to tell you, that's completely missing the grace of God and the purpose he has for each one of us. So I want you to look at the person next to you and say, you're God's work of art. Look at the person on the other side and say, me too. (laughs) Now, what I love about this, because we live in a world that's so comparison-laden, We have a tendency to think, well, their work of art is nicer than mine. And I'm here to tell you, that's just your insecurities talking. God does not make mistakes in how he creates us. The key is to figure out what is the holy expression of who I am look like and how am I supposed to walk it out? Now, from there, I got to lay a little bit more foundation before like I can really get into all the details of all the gifts and how it all works. And it's simply this, brothers and sisters, we all have to understand church. You have to understand church. Now, what I mean by that, I'm not talking about understanding church. Like everyone, the church is the body of Christ. The church is the collection of all those who are saved. It's people, not buildings, all that. But really, every church family through all of history, we have to understand what makes a church function and why it functions that way. Now, this is really important for us because many of you have other church backgrounds or you've always been here at Crossroads or you're going to move from here and you're going to go to another church. What I want you to understand is that every church is defined by three things. The three things are scripture, tradition, and experience. Jesus is kind of mind-blowing what Pastor Daniel shared today, that God has gifts for each one of us and a place for each of us in the local church. It's also encouraging to know that because everybody questions their value at one time or another. Knowing that you don't have to be like everyone else, that being different in personality is okay with God, is something that should bring you comfort and peace, resting in God's love for you. 
Pastor Daniel's message today is just one of many he shared from a variety of books in the Bible. Would you like to explore more? Just visit JesusIsRealRadio.com to access our library of audio. You can also connect with Pastor Daniel on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram through the links you'll find at the bottom of the page, JesusIsRealRadio.com. Hey, this is Josh, and I wanted to personally thank you for listening today to Jesus Is Real Radio. Did you know that Pastor Daniel also has a TV program? It's called Real with Daniel Fusco. I want to encourage you to go to JesusIsRealRadio.com, click on the Stations option in the main menu, and find out if Real with Daniel Fusco airs on a TV station in your area. Next time on Jesus Is Real Radio, Pastor Daniel will continue his teaching called Our Unique Expression. You'll learn about the value of diversity within the church and how just as people aren't cut from the same mold, neither are the different churches in a community. Pastor Daniel will be showing you how to appreciate your brothers and sisters whose expression or demonstration of their faith might be different from yours. You've been listening to Jesus Is Real Radio with Pastor Daniel Fusco of Crossroads Community Church. Pastor Daniel will continue teaching through his series called Gifted. Next time, until then, may God bless.